You know when you rediscover a creative teaching idea that you haven't used in a while? That happened to be recently with a beginning student. There are two reasons why I forgot about this particular teaching strategy for a while. The first is that it's been a little while since I've had beginning students, since before the pandemic, really. And the second is that we went so long without having in-person lessons, 19 months to be specific, that I am still getting used to what it's like to teach in person again and remembering my favorite games and lesson activities. It all started when I was writing a lesson plan for a second grade student. She's in her second month of lessons. I was planning to introduce a new piece, and I thought we'd start by exploring the rhythm since three of the four patterns were the same in this particular piece. Now let me preface this by saying that these were rhythm patterns that the student had already experienced orally in previous weeks through imitation and clapbacks, so I was looking for a way this week to introduce the written notation. My first thought was to write each rhythm pattern on a post-it note so we could discover together the ones that are the same. Then I would ask my student to put them in the order they appear in the new piece by listening to me play it a few times. Now, this is a fine activity, and I've used something similar to it when introducing or reviewing other pieces with other students, but then I remembered a creative teaching idea I hadn't used in a while that would be perfect for exploring the rhythm of this piece. A scavenger hunt. Back in pre-pandemic teaching days, I used to hide things like rhythm pattern cards around the classroom for my students to uncover or find. Elementary age children love this. So I decided to hide the post-it notes around the room, on the back of a chair, the side of the piano, the edge of a shelf, and the front of a music stand. This instantly made the activity more fun and engaging. Now, to be fair, I know this is not really a true scavenger hunt because I'm not giving them a list of miscellaneous objects to find. But there are a few key benefits to using an activity like this in your music teaching, and that's what I'm going to share with you today. I'm Ashley Danu, and you're listening to Field Notes on Music Teaching and Learning. Writing field notes is a way of documenting and processing what we see in the world. This podcast is a collection of creative ideas, practical strategies, and thoughtful observations from the field of music teaching and learning. Here, you'll find creative and pedagogically sound teaching tips, fresh new approaches you can use in your teaching, and insight into a few tried and true systems and creative processes designed to help you do your best work. Let's get started. The first benefit I found to using scavenger hunts or an activity like scavenger hunts is that it gets students moving around the space, which is always a good thing. We learn by doing, acting, observing, experimenting, and feeling. Moving around the space to actively uncover and discover musical elements is a much more tangible and active way to experience a new musical concept, and this often makes the learning process more meaningful and memorable. The second benefit I've observed is that my students go into detective mode whenever I introduce this activity. They look high and low 
on the window ledge and under the piano to find whatever I've asked them to find. They are highly motivated and very focused. The third benefit is that the experience becomes a musical exploration, a journey of discovery as they figure out what's been hidden and what it means. Here's how I use this type of activity in my teaching. When planning a lesson, I try to think about unique and creative ways to prepare, introduce, or reinforce a new piece, skill, or concept. There are so many different ways to teach a new song or piece, so I try to mix up my approaches so we have a variety of activities to do together. I start with the learning goal. What do I want my students to learn or be able to do? What will a solid understanding of the concept or mastery of the skill look like, and how will I be able to assess it? How can I help them experience this new concept, practice that skill, or discover something about how the music is made? That last question helps me think about what kind of activity I want to use. For scavenger hunts or adjacent activities, I may hide four to six rhythm pattern cards or finger pattern cards or musical snippets around the room in advance. Sometimes we'll do this as the very first activity, but usually I wait to introduce it until the middle of the lesson. When I tell them I've hidden cards around the room, their eyes light up and they immediately begin searching. As they find each card, we tap and count the pattern or play in the air or use the clues on the card to discover the first part of what I call a mystery melody or a secret melody. Sometimes a scavenger hunt leads into a great improvisation or composition exercise. I might say something like, what would it sound like if we performed the patterns in this order? Or can you make a different version? Other times it becomes a listening activity where I ask them to put the cards in the order they hear me play, most often based on a new piece. From there, you could easily ask the students to make their own version of the piece, perhaps playing the patterns in reverse order. The scavenger hunt activity always helps reinforce the concept of musical patterns and same versus different, though it can also reinforce things like up versus down, long versus short, steps versus skips, repeated notes, sound versus silence, and so much more. This is a very constructivist-based approach to music teaching and learning. Constructivists see learning as an active process where learners build or construct their new knowledge and understanding by taking raw materials or building blocks, if you want to think of them like that and then experimenting with how they fit together. Psychologist and constructivist Jerome Bruner described, the essence of creativity is figuring out how to use what you already know in order to go beyond what you already think. There are lots of ways that you could adapt or modify this activity for use with older or younger children in group or private settings. Here are a few thoughts. One, use icons, shapes, or images to represent phrases of a familiar piece, song, or rhythmic chant. I've seen this done with preschoolers using the rhythmic chant 
teddy bear, teddy bear. Have students experiment with what the patterns sound like in different orders. Two, you can also use icons or images to represent things like rhythm. I like Hazel Cobb's pie game syllables. You can do this with solfege or musical pitches. This can be as simple as a series of dashes to show duration and direction. Maybe you've seen that done before. You can also do it with musical form. Have you ever seen form described as parts of a sandwich? You have your bread for the A section and then your cheese or your meat for the middle contrasting sections. Three, use this activity to aid with memorization. Identify memory spots in the music first. This is usually the beginning of sections or key phrases where you want your students to be able to begin or jump to if they have a memory slip. Create cards with the starting measure of each memory spot and hide them around the room. When your student finds a card, have them begin at that point in the piece and play to the end. Repeat this activity with the remaining cards. Four. Similar to the activity I just described, you could use this activity to help students memorize the lyrics of a song or a choir anthem. Create word cards and hide them around the room, and then have your students find them and put them in the right order by singing through the piece. Five, hide rhythm pattern cards around the room. I still use the basic card set that I have listed for free in my resource library. I'll include a link to that in the show notes. When students find a card, have them tap and count it aloud. When they find the second card, have them add it to the first and tap and count both in sequence. Repeat this with remaining cards until they have a rhythmic phrase. To extend the activity, you could ask for a volunteer to rearrange the patterns into a new rhythmic phrase. All this to say, I'm so glad that I rediscovered scavenger hunts in my teaching recently. I hope this inspires you to try this activity in your teaching in the near future. Is there a creative teaching idea or strategy that you've recently rediscovered in your teaching? If so, I'd love to hear about it. Thanks so much for listening today. For written notes, related links, and more information on today's topic, visit ashleydanu.com slash fieldnotes. You can find me on Instagram at ashleydanu. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much if you'd subscribe and leave a review in Apple Podcasts. This will help others discover this content in the future. Plus, I'd love to hear what you like about the show and if there's anything specific you'd like to hear in the future. Again, thanks so much for tuning in today. See you next time. Mm-hmm.